Do we have a Manchurian candidate in the Oval Office? It certainly appears that way. Now, what am I talking about? What I'm talking about, first of all, is a corrupt media, an opportunistic media, an agenda-driven media that for months covered up the corruption that is the Biden crime family. The head of the Biden crime family, they still won't admit it, is Joseph Biden Jr. Uh, the media in this country during the last election, when they were confronted with a true story about a laptop, Hunter Biden, a computer fixer uh, who had that laptop and hard drive, who found incredible amounts of data, email and so forth on there. Uh, what did the media do? They covered it up. What did the big tech oligarchs do? They not only covered it up, but they... They banned the New York Post. They banned other media outlets. They banned any individual who dared to refer to it. How about the Democrats in the House? What were they doing? Did they conduct an investigation to find out what was taking place? No. How about the broadcast media? On the whole, another cabal of, of cover-up artists and censors who said that this was a Russian uh, plant. And they found 51 people with backgrounds and intelligence. Oh, boy. What an anomaly that is, uh, who said it clearly was Russia propaganda. And when Donald Trump tried to bring it up during the course of debate, he was cut off by Chris Wallace, who wouldn't allow it to be discussed. This is the state of media in America. We do not have a free press. We have the equivalent of Tosk or Pravda. We have a corrupt media. We have a media that sings from one sheet. We have a media that regurgitates down the line what one outfit says and the next outfit says. Well, something interesting happened. The New York Times came out with a piece a few weeks ago and said, uh, this is authentic. Now, here's the interesting thing. They didn't actually say it was authentic. It was a long piece they wrote. And then somewhere in the article, they pointed out, they flagged that, uh, that in fact, this laptop and these emails seemed to be authentic that they'd been substantiated. Who are they substantiated by? I guess the prosecutors who are leaking this information, the career prosecutors out of the Wilmington U.S. Attorney's Office. That's my guess. Because it was as recently as September 2021 uh, that the New York Times dismissed the Biden laptop story as Russian disinformation. And they did it at the height of the campaign as well. So. People who voted, apart from all the other corruption that took place and all the other violations of the federal constitution that took place, such as in Pennsylvania and elsewhere, the fact of the matter is many people voted without information that the Biden family was being paid by the communist Chinese government and by their military. Then we get this piece from the Washington Post. Wow. Get this piece last week from the Washington Post, very long piece, but I want to read a few parts to you because most of us don't read the Washington Post, and for good reason. The Post did not find evidence that Joe Biden personally benefited from or knew details about the transactions with CEFC. CEFC is the Chinese energy company, and it's a massive front company for the Chinese government and the, cover and the Chinese military which took place after he had left the vice presidency and before he announced his intentions to run for the White House in 2020. So right away, in paragraph number five, the Washington Post is trying to do a cover-up for Joe Biden. 
Well, why are the New York Times and the Washington Post even writing about these things? Why? Because uh, the prosecutors are moving fast now, and they don't want to be completely behind the ball and seem like the complete frauds that they are. But the new documents, which include a signed copy of a $1 million legal retainer, emails related to the wire transfers, and $3.8 million in consulting fees that are confirmed in new bank records, so that's about $5 million, and agreements signed by Hunter Biden, illustrate the ways in which his family profited from relationships built over Joe Biden's decades in public service. Joe Biden's decades in public service, they used his name, his family benefits to at least $5 million. But Joe doesn't know anything about it. This is a lie being perpetrated by the media. And this would be enough. This should be enough for an investigation in the House of Representatives. But they're too busy investigating minor misdemeanors like trespass and parading on private property over there at the Department of Justice, January 6th. Uh, they're too busy over there at the Department of Justice investigating parents who dare to challenge uh, school boards. They're too busy investigating the Georgia Republican legislature that dares to change its election laws to conform with traditional election processes. We know exactly what's going on here. Exactly. But let's go on. What else do we find here? Accounts linked to Hunter Biden received at least $3.79 million in payments from CEFC. Just remember, that's the Communist Chinese and the Communist Military Front Company through consulting contracts, according to bank records and joint agreements reviewed by The Washington Post. You know, I said here back then, this laptop, it's got the names of individuals. It's got dates on it. It's got times on it. It's got a thousand methods for confirming the authenticity of what's on the laptop. Where are the media? Media in cover-up mode. Biden received an additional $1 million retainer issued as part of an agreement to represent Patrick Ho, a CEFC official who would later be charged in the U.S. in connection with a multi-million dollar scheme to bribe leaders from Chad and Uganda. An intermediary from, CFE, from CEFC initially reached out to Hunter Biden in December 2015 to set up a meeting between the then vice president's son and Yi Jiming, the founder and chairman of the Chinese firm, according to verified emails from a purported copy of the laptop hard drive reviewed by the outside experts for the Post. So this information was known to the Washington Post and the New York Times before the election. They chose not to look. CFC is a massive oil and gas company founded in 2002, had financing from government uh, development banks and ties to the Chinese Communist Party and the People's Liberation Army, according to people who studied the firm. The contract signed on August 2, 2017, August 2, 2017, stated that Hunter Biden would get a one-time retainer of $500,000 and would then receive a monthly stipend of $100,000, with his uncle James Biden getting $65,000 a month. It says later, the money began flowing almost immediately, with the first incoming wire of $5 million arriving in August 8, 2017, according to documents found on the copy of Hunter Biden's laptop again and corroborated by identical bank statements that Grassley's office, Senator Grassley, obtained from Kathy Bank for an account jointly held by Hunter Biden and CEFC execs. By my calculation, we're almost at $10 million now. This doesn't even count the corruption with Ukraine or other countries. This is just communist China. 
later on in the article. During the time the CEFC was active, funds were being transferred from Hunter Biden to his uncle. Record show. Oh, Jimmy Biden. All told, nearly $1.4 million went from Hunter's company to one controlled by James Biden, according to a 2020 report produced by Grassley and fellow Republican Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. So they had this again during the course of the last election. The transactions were identified as potential criminal activity and a designation meant to flag potential money laundering, political corruption, or other financial crimes, according to a report from the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network at the Treasury Department that was received by the Post. Now, I'm not going to overwhelm you with more information. It gets worse. There's more with the Biden crime family. More. Now, Joe Biden's role. Well, the Washington Post said there was no role, and whatever the Washington Post says, of course, is true, as it covered up the laptop to make sure that Biden would would be unaffected and unencumbered with it during the, the election. Look how the media circled around him during the debate. Chris Wallace, the Washington, Time, the, uh, Washington Post, the uh, New York Times, the big oligarchs and uh, big tech. Just a disgusting cover-up. Well, here's the New York Post, Miranda Devine, who's been on this. And she points out that Bob Alinsky, who was a business partner who came forward, who had nothing to gain by coming forward, a former Navy SEAL, he puts it all on the line. He said, I've seen Vice President Biden saying he never talked to Hunter about his business. Bobolinsky would say in a bombshell statement to the New York Post, Michael Goodwin on October 22, 2020, before the election. I've seen firsthand that's not true because it wasn't just Hunter's business. They said they were putting the Biden family name and its legacy on the line. I don't have a political axe to grind. I just saw behind the Biden curtain and I grew concerned with what I saw. The Biden family aggressively leveraged the Biden family name to make millions of dollars from foreign entities, even though some were from communist controlled China. Now, less than two weeks after meeting Joe Biden, Miranda wrote, Bobolinsky incorporated Sino Hawk Holdings LLC on May 15, 2017, that year, 2017 having decided against Hunter's suggestion, they call it CEFC America. Hunter Biden wanted to call it after the communist Chinese regime's name for its company. It would be a global investment firm seated with $10 million of Chinese money. We just talked about that, remember? That would buy projects in the U.S. and around the world in global and or domestic infrastructure, energy, financial services, and other strategic sectors, said the contract he'd drawn up. Sino-Hawk would be 50% owned by Yi Jiming, chairman of the, of the communist uh, company, CFC, through a Delaware-incorporated CEFC entity, Hudson West IV LLC. The other 50% would be owned by Onita Holdings LLC, another Delaware firm set up by Bobolinsky. Now, Onita would be split according to an email sent by James Giller to the group on May 13, 2017, laying out the distribution of shares. Ready? 20 to H, Hunter, 20 to R.W., Walker, 20 to J.G., Gillier, 20 to T.B., Bobolinsky, 10 to Jim Biden, 10 held for H, for the big guy. Three years later, Bobolinsky would tell the world, there's no question that the big guy is Joe Biden. Hunter Biden called his dad the big guy, or my chairman, and frequently referenced asking him for his sign-off for advice on various potential deals that we were closing. 
There's much more on this and ties to Joe Biden, the now president of the United States. No wonder the media covered up for him. Ladies and gentlemen, we need a federal special counsel. We cannot leave it to Merrick Garland and the political appointees at the Department of Justice. This is why we have special counsels. An experienced, competent, independent federal prosecutor who puts together a team, a special counsel office to investigate Joe Biden, his family, the dealings with communist China, the dealings with Ukraine, the dealings with Russia, the dealings with Romania, the dealings with all of these governments. Biden told a flat out lie, as he often does, and he knew nothing of his son's business practices. We have witnesses. We have uh, contemporary information. Uh, documents, a laptop, which has now been authenticated by the New York Times, so we know it's accurate. We've got a ton of evidence that would trigger any investigation of a sitting president of the United States. We have not had one single hearing in the Democrat-controlled House of Representatives as they're chasing down paraders and trespassers on minor misdemeanors with the January 6th committee. We need a Biden crime family committee, and we need one right now. We need to know what the hell's going on. Want to see more Mark Levin? Go to levintv.com and subscribe now. Speaking of Hunter Biden, since most of you work or you have other things to do during the course of the day, you're not sitting there staring at C-SPAN or, or other... Uh, internet channels to watch what's going on in the Senate floor. That's what I'm here for. Ron Johnson has turned out to be an absolutely superb senator, a great patriot, and he's dogged. Probably despite what the Republican leadership wants him to do in the Senate, he goes after these scandals like very few. And so he's targeted. They want to defeat him in Wisconsin, which is a tough state. But he's won twice now. McConnell, last time uh, in the race six years ago with Johnson, barely lifted a finger to help him. He just figured he was, he was going to lose again to Feinberg. He beat Feinberg twice now. McConnell's a disgrace and a disaster, but I don't want to waste time on that right now. So Johnson goes to the floor of the Senate, and he wants to discuss the money, what they have found, involving Hunter Biden. And he gets almost no attention whatsoever from the media, almost none. Now, just put the shoe on the other foot, which we always must, if it were Trump if it was a Bush family member, if it had been Reagan, just put showing the other, but specifically Trump, where they concoct stories and, and narratives to go after him. Here we have real stuff. So I want to give you an opportunity to actually watch this for a bit. Here's Senator Johnson on the Senate floor. Go ahead. As my colleague, the senior senator from Iowa, has shown, Hunter Biden and James Biden received millions of dollars from companies connected to the communist Chinese regime. But frankly, it's worse than that. These companies were effectively an arm of the Chinese government. This isn't Russian disinformation. These are hard facts backed up by bank records of actual financial records and transactions that prove just how connected the Bidens were and how compromised President Biden probably is. I use this next series of transactions to prove my point. The first chart here shows a bank record showing a $1 million wire transfer into the account of Hudson West 3 from CEFC Limited on November 2nd, 2017. 
Senator Grassley and I have already established CEFC is effectively an arm of the communist Chinese regime. It is also important to note that at the time of this transfer, in November 2017, Hunter Biden was already invested in and providing management for Hudson West 3. So a company that was effectively an arm of the Chinese government transferred $1 million in November 2017 to a company that Hunter Biden is managing and is invested in. Let's bring up the second record. Focus on the $1 million wire out on March 22nd, 2018. Again, this is a record from Hudson West 3's bank account. Like the previous record, this is showing the transfer of $1 million, but this time the money is being transferred out of Hudson West 3 to Owasco, another one of Hunter Biden's firms. This transfer took place on March 22, 2018, a little less than five months after the $1 million transfer from CEFC to Hudson West 3. Hunter is transferring $1 million between two firms he manages and has ownership in. So what is, what is the purpose of these two $1 million transfers? This next, next record seems to answer that question. This record shows Owasco's receipt of the March 22, 2018 $1 million transfer. It also shows what the transfer is for on the OBI line. OBI is an abbreviation for Originating Beneficiary Information. It's like the memo line on your personal check. It tells you really what that check was about. In this case, the OBI indicates the transfer is being made for, quote, Dr. Patrick Ho Chi Ping representation, unquote. So to recap, on November 2nd, 2017, Patrick Ho's company, CEFC, wired $1 million to Hunter Biden's company, Hudson West 3. On March 22nd, 2018, Hudson West 3 wired $1 million to Owasco, another Hunter Biden company. The bank record clearly states the $1 million payment was being made for the purpose of representing Patrick Ho. Represent him for what? Here's where things get interesting. We know that Patrick Ho was arrested, arrested by U.S. authorities in November 2017 for international bribery and money laundering charges. Keep in mind that this arrest occurred in the same month that Patrick Ho's company, CEFC, is wiring $1 million to Hunter Biden's company, Hudson West 3. According to the Department of Justice, quote, Ho orchestrated and executed two bribery schemes to pay top officials of Chad in Uganda in exchange for business advantages for CEFC China, a Shanghai-based multi-billion dollar conglomerate that operates in multiple sectors, including oil, gas, and banking, end quote. These are crimes for which Patrick Ho was eventually convicted and sent to federal prison for committing. So the company that Patrick Ho was making bribes for sends $1 million to a company Hunter Biden manages and is invested in. That company in turn transfers a $1 million to another Hunter Biden company 
for the purposes of representing Patrick Ho, who was eventually convicted of international bribery and money laundering. And guess what Patrick Ho did around the same time he's arrested by the FBI for corruption by bribery? He contacted James Biden, President Biden's brother. Patrick Ho's decision to call the Biden family around the same time he got arrested is revealing, particularly in light of the fact that the same month a million dollars just happened to be transferred to Hunter Biden's company. Now, Hunter Biden isn't a criminal attorney, criminal defense attorney. Patrick Ho was charged and convicted for bribery, bribery and related federal offenses and crimes. So what kind of representation was Patrick Ho's company paying Hunter Biden's firm to provide? Were they paying for his firm's legal expertise or for Hunter's political connections? In March 2021, Senator Grassley and I asked the Justice Department about Patrick Ho. Why? Because a there's a federal court filing that says the department has FISA records on Patrick Ho. We requested these records. In response, the department would not confirm whether they even had his records. Unfortunately, the Attorney General refuses to clarify that outrageous contradiction for Congress. Oh, and one more tidbit. In a recently uncovered audio extracted from his laptop, Hunter Biden referred to Patrick Ho as, quote, the, the expletive deleted spy chief of China, unquote. Let that sink in a minute. Hunter, Hunter Biden referred to Patrick Ho in an audio as the, quote, expletive deleted spy so let's chief. Let's stop there a second. So Patrick Ho is the go-between, really, the money guy uh, for Hunter Biden. Money's received by Hunter Biden's business. Um from a communist Chinese front company, million dollars. Five months later, he transfers a million dollars to this Patrick Ho's company, and he's tied to the Communist Party <clears throat> in China. What's happening here? They're laundering money. Now, what they're laundering it for and so forth, I'm not 100% certain, but that's what's going on. Why else would you do this? The same exact amount of money. Go ahead. Of China, unquote. This quote alone tells you that Hunter Biden knew exactly who he was dealing with. He knew exactly who he was dealing with. He was dealing with the, quote, expletive deleted spy chief of China. Now that, that, now that fact should alert the media and our Democrat colleagues to seriously consider the implications the Biden family's vast web of foreign financial entanglements have in the conduct of this administration's foreign policy in our national security, but I'm not holding my breath. In October 2020, Senator Grass and I requested to interview Hunter and James Biden about their financial dealings. If they had nothing to hide, they could have volunteered to come in and sit for an interview. If there was an innocent explanation for these foreign financial transactions, they could have used that interview to clarify what those transactions were about. Unfortunately, Rather than being transparent, honest, and forthcoming, they declined to speak for us or to us. Their silence speaks volumes. Fortunately, 
Facts are stubborn things. As the Bidens, our Democrat colleagues, and the media is learning, it is difficult to keep them hidden forever. Senator Grassley and I will continue to investigate the Biden family's... All right. Now, it seems to me the January 6th committee might want to be looking into this. Uh, but they're not, of course. They're still going after Trump and his family. That just shows you what a fraud Liz Cheney and Adam Kingsger really are. They really cared about this country. They'd be focused on the president now and what the president now is doing. But they're not. Even though he's destroying the country from within, and even though it's clear to me, in some ways, he is the quintessential Manchurian candidate. For all this and much more, sign up for Levin TV. Joe Biden, it's a funny thing. I've been saying that we ought to consider the 25th Amendment. Have you noticed, Mr. Producer, that people are now regurgitating that point as, or as I say, they're burping it up? Um, but it won't work. Because most of the people saying we ought to try the 25th Amendment don't understand how it works. Even though I've said it ought to be applied, it won't be applied. The reason is you need um, acts by the vice president of the United States and the president's cabinet as a first step. You're not going to see the vice president of the United States and his cabinet act against Joe Biden. I can't imagine uh, also, it requires a, uh, a vote to remove a president and appoint the vice president in, in his stead. Uh, requires a vote by both houses of Congress. Impeachment, you only need the removal by one house of Congress, the Senate. So it's actually easier to impeach and remove a president under the impeachment clause, the supermajority in the Senate, than it is under the 25th Amendment. Um, that's the truth. And so I don't see them removing Biden. I think they like what Biden's doing, whether Biden's doing it or not, or his handlers are doing it or not. They don't much give a damn. They care about power and their party. They don't care about the Constitution, that's for sure, or the country. Look what's going on on our borders. That's just one issue. If you cared about our country, you'd secure it and find out who the hell's coming in here. They don't give a damn. So they're not going to trigger the 25th Amendment, even though they should. And I am deeply hopeful if the Republicans take the House, they impeach Biden. There's multiple reasons to impeach him. Um, uh, sure, McConnell won't like it in the Senate. He is, he's got to be removed, Republicans. If they don't remove him and replace him with somebody who's good, uh, so much of this will be stalemated and uh, neutralized. He did it to the Tea Party. He did it partly to Trump and he'll do it again. But let's watch this White House as they were caught in another lie. Actually, it was Biden who was caught in another lie, and I saw this in real time, so here you go. Go. And did you get any chance to watch much of the Judiciary Committee hearings yesterday? I didn't get to see any of it, um, The President watched portions of Judge Jackson's hearing yesterday and today, and is proud of the way she is showcasing her extraordinary qualifications, her experience, and her even-handedness. Her dedication to following the facts, the law, and our Constitution as an independent judge is clear. He was also moved by the grace and dignity she has shown, the deference to senators, and the level of detail she is offering, reinforcing the value of her experience, her intellect, and the strength of her character. Of course, they're both lying. But that said, Biden watched part of it. 
he didn't want to get into it. He didn't want to answer questions about critical race theory or what's a woman or anything like that. He ought to know what a woman is. One accused him of molestation. So uh, Biden, among everybody, could probably explain what that means, being a woman, uh, or being a pervert, for that matter. But that said, um, clearly Biden's lying. Clearly Biden's lying. Why wouldn't he watch it for a little while, unless he's sleeping? But I think his nap lasts about one hour. That, that went on for 20 hours. And as for the other guy, the nerdy guy, I don't uh, know what his point is. Follow the Constitution and independent thinking. No, no, no. She hates the Constitution. If you're pushing critical race theory when nobody's watching and nobody's listening, you hate the Constitution. That means the nation, the entire nation, is founded on, a, uh, on, a, on an immorality of white domination. So you can't support the Constitution if you believe in critical race theory. And she couldn't say what a woman was because she wouldn't, because that would get her crossways with the LGBTQI plus community. I actually memorized that, as well as the employees at Disney World, uh, where I'm sure you'll want to take your little kids so apparently they can teach them about all kinds of sex and all kinds of stuff. Want to see more Mark Levin? Go to levintv.com and subscribe now. You'll notice the people who hate our country tend to hate Israel too. It's these people again. The people on the hard left, whether they be in the media, the Democrat party or academia, they hate Israel. They won't call it anti-Semitism. Uh, but that's what it is. I mean, the standards that they apply to Israel, the attacks on Israel, they don't apply to any other free slash democratic country on the face of the earth. France, Britain, uh, Spain, Germany, America, yes. Israel, yes. And this MSNBC, which is owned by uh, Comcast Cable in Philadelphia, is the worst of the worst. They're even worse than CNN, quite frankly. There's certain hosts in particular. But I want you to listen to this and I'll comment on it. This is uh, MSNBC, uh, the Rachel Maddow show. I understand she's doing a once a week show. Hey, I think I do that on Fox, don't I? Uh, a once a week show. And uh, MSNBC journalist, Ali Velshi. Now, Ali Velshi in the past has worked for many radical left publications, radical left publications. But here he is again. Now, he might be the guy, and I could be wrong, during the riots a year and a half ago, two summers ago, where the, the, the buildings were burning in the background and he said it was mostly peaceful. I think it was him. If I'm wrong, too damn bad. But I think it was him. Go. This is my last show with you for a while. I leave Ukraine in a couple of days, and I do so with a heavy heart, largely because of the suffering I've witnessed here and on the part of the refugees I met in Poland and Hungary before I got here, but also because I've come to know a tiny percentage of the people of this nation, and I'm deeply inspired by them. They are showing the world what an existential fight for democracy looks like. This show decided when the war began that it was important to concentrate on the many aspects of this horror. And that has meant less coverage of some very important U.S. stories, which my MSNBC colleagues have done an incredible job of staying on top of and holding power to account. 
Those stories like the continued attacks on voting rights and abortion rights and gay rights and trans rights and the ongoing brazen attempts to subvert American democracy are not unrelated to the struggle for basic rights in this fledgling democracy. Yeah, it's utterly unrelated, you damn fool. The Ukrainians are being slaughtered. There's genocide taking place. Atrocities of the worst kind. Everything you mentioned is just something you disagree with. I mean, if you really want to talk about abortion, and I won't today, maybe that looks more like Ukraine. But his side, abortion on demand right up to birth, which is what Colorado just passed, is sickening. Or they talk about voting rights and so forth. They don't believe in voting rights. They believe in destroying the voting system and all the protections that are built in to prevent fraud. And I could go on and on and on. The idea that this guy stands there in Ukraine and then brings up basically what are Republican slash conservative positions and says it's similar to what's going on in Ukraine just shows you what, what, a, what a disgusting buffoon he is. Go ahead. Ukraine. There just aren't bombs and tanks and missiles and rockets involved at home. But the fundamental urges are the same. People yearn to be free, to love who they want and live where they want, free of threat. The other lesson with which I leave is that... By the way, as I think about as he speaks, the voting system in the United States prior to the pandemic was a much more inclusive and perfect voting system than in Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine doesn't allow abortion on demand. I can go through a lot of these subjects where he's talking about Ukraine, and I feel the same way he does when it comes to the suffering that's going there. But his attack on conservatives and Republicans, Ukraine reflects and resembles more the conservative Republican point of view when it comes to culture and morality and governance than his point of view, which is more sort of the communist Chinese point of view. Go ahead face of growing atrocities against innocent civilians here, war crimes, and what many in this country, including its president, are calling an attempted genocide, the world needs to do better. Democracy and freedom are imperiled worldwide. If it's tough for NATO and the UN to prevent one country from actually invading another and subverting its population, imagine the struggle our world order has with those countries in which portions of the population are persecuted by their own governments. Afghanistan, Syria, China, Myanmar, Israel, India, to name just a few. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And that's what I mean. You would throw Israel in with Syria and Afghanistan and Myanmar? Are you kidding me? It's an open society. It has a free press, a radical left press. It's got a judicial system, a radical judicial system. Palestinians have the right to vote. Palestinians are participating in the government. You have Palestinian judges. Uh, even now. There have been about five terrorist attacks on Jews by Palestinian elements against Jews in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem, other parts of, uh, of the country, for no reason whatsoever. These people haven't done anything. And this guy dares to include Israel in his list of tyrannical totalitarian countries. This is exactly what I mean. So he attacks Republicans and conservatives and Israelis. That's what he does while he's standing there in Ukraine.
shameful and shameless what goes on on this network, MSNBC. It is disgusting. For more, sign up for Levin TV. 